Can we give a massive round of applause to our preacher today, Pastor Malcolm Baxter, as he comes to speak to us. Tando, thank you so very much indeed. A good morning to every one of you. Great to see you. Uh, first thing I want to say is take a look at this outfit. You'll never see me wearing it again. <laughs> Ever. So thank you for just putting that straight, Dr. Green. I appreciate it very, very much. I was actually sat there with my piece of wafer and my cup in my hand, having to get my heart right before I could take it. But anyway, that's an unusual set of circumstances. Thank you very much. Um, Secondly, I wanted to say, um, you know, just I was blessed. Um, I know, uh, Noctula, it's your first time singing in the morning. You sang at T.O. many, many times. And I was just having a little moment um, because I love, ah, I'm on my dad's in the service as well. Welcome to uh, Dr. and Mrs. Zulu. Great to have you here. Oh, you've got both your kids on the platform this morning. Great to have you here. Um, But... I just wanted to say, and uh, I know Star will remember this extremely well, that 18 years ago on this platform prophesied over Noctula that she would be a worshipper. And I was just having a little moment because, you know, uh, Tamsin oversees our baby blessings and, you know, we we, we pray our prayers and we, we speak words of blessing and... You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for these things to come to pass. And, you know, uh, but 18 years later, we've got someone leading out and leading us in worship. This is the power of blessing. This is the power of, of speaking out the word of the Lord. And I just think it's, uh, it's great, you know, because sometimes there's a lot of words spoken, a lot of things said. And it's just great that when we see what God has said come to pass. So I just wanted to celebrate that this morning. Um, well, what I'm, I'm bringing to you today um, is uh, it's a little bit of a teach. I had actually planned to come and uh, share um, something else with you this morning. And, um, and Tando said to me, um, oh, well, you know, it's great. You know, obviously the Lord's asked you to speak on something else. And I said, well, it was someone else beginning with L, actually. It was Lawrence, because he wanted my, what I was going to speak on to be part of a series, and so, which was great, but then I had to go and plan something else. So I'm bringing you what I've felt the Lord speak to me on Friday uh, in regard to that. And it's quite, I think it's quite interesting, but whatever, however we got here, <clears throat> I believe that someone is going to hear something that they need to hear this morning. We're going to start off um, reading from the book of Jonah. Um, Jonah chapter 1. The Bible says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. 
he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. We'll leave it there. First point I want to make is that, you know, if this wasn't so serious, it would be funny. Because there are many things that you can run from. But you can't run from God. Yeah, I remember, I remember as a, you know, a, a, um, a boy, I remember running from this big dog. If you've ever been chased by a dog, it's a terrifying experience. I remember, the thing about dog owners is they're usually calling out as this dog is hurtling towards you. Oh, it's all right. Oh, it's all right. It's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then this dog actually bit me on the bum. And, 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 and they said, well, he's never done that before. Well, that's all good. But you were telling me everything was going to be fine. You know? So like, I think a dog, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not a good thing to run from the dog. But, you know, there are some things in life you can run from, but you can't run from God. In fact, it's actually pointless. I just love the fact that he paid his money and he got on, a, on the ship to flee from the Lord. But Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. So it's like we know theoretically that running from God is pointless. But I have tried. I have tried. I remember, I remember before I found the Lord, you know, and yet I knew, I don't know, I was one of those guys, I, I sensed that God was trying to do something, but I was like running in the opposite direction. The last place on earth I wanted to be was in church. I could not imagine that there, that would be anything good. I was thinking about the, the young man um, who said, I'll give it a go. That's exactly what I said. I'll give it a go. Well, I gave it a go. We're still here. So let's believe for him also. But the point was, I, I tried to run from God because, you know, I thought I knew how to do life better. I thought that, you know, there wasn't much that um, attracted me uh, to, to church and what, it was, and what it was all about. That was some to do with my prejudices, some to do with my misconceptions, and some of it was actually true. 
But the reality is that God was here. And the thing that, the thing that I uh, knew, um, you know, I, I, when I, I almost came here by mistake because I, I, uh, I didn't, when I came here, I was, I was in, um, staying, as many of you will know by now, Victoria Center, flats, and, uh, and I felt that I, God was on my back about going to church, about going to church. This is like, you know, I, the Spirit of God is awesome. And I was, um, it was almost like I, I, I made a deal with God. Okay, I'll go. You know, it's almost like if you get off my back, I'll go. And I wanted, I, I thought, well, if I'm going to go to church, I, I think some of those um, black Pentecostal churches will be good. At least I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. So I went to the phone book. As it turned out, this is a long story in itself, but it was an old phone book. And this originally was called the Central Pentecostal Church. So I came thinking I was coming to a black Pentecostal church. Let me tell you, well, back in the day, it was nothing like that at all. So it was like, oh, I've made a horrible mistake. But the truth was that this is exactly where God wanted me to be. There was no mistake. There was no mistakes being made. God uh, wanted me here, as I said, the, the day that um, as I walked up those stairs for the first time, it wasn't just the place that I was going to find God. It was the place that one day I would lead. And God knew that. Back then, because he knows, he knows the details of our lives. He is, he is amazing. But, but I, you know, I, I was one of those guys who'd spent a lot of time trying to run away from God. But when I came here, I found some people who I couldn't describe or articulate what it was, but I knew they'd got something that I didn't have. And that was the beginning of an incredible journey. I've tried to run away from God since I found him. What do I mean by that? You know, the thing about Jonah was that God was asking him to do something that he didn't want to do. I mean, it's, it's quite a comedy. You know, God says, I want you to go and prophesy over that. And, 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 and Jonah's saying, uh, no. I'm not gonna go and prophesy over those people because I know what's gonna happen. They're gonna repent. You're gonna get all compassionate and those people deserve a worse deal than that. So I'm not gonna do it. And he, you know, he gets on a boat trying to flee, run away from what God wants him to do. And I wanna ask a simple question. Is there something that God wants you to do but you're running away, running away on the inside. I know we sit here, we say, it's ridiculous. I, we can't run away from God. And yet on the inside, we find ourselves resisting and running away. Maybe it's not quite that you're getting on a boat, paying your money and, and trying to flee from God that way. But there's something on the inside that is just resisting God. I don't know, I, you know, I said, you know, it, what, what, how, is there, a, is there a phone call that you need to make? Is there a letter that you need to write? Is there an email you need to send? Is there a coffee that you need to have? Is there something or you need to say sorry for or someone you need to say sorry for? 
too, that God is challenging you about that, but it's, it's not easy. It is difficult. Is God challenging you to stop some habit or behavior, but you, and you know it, you know it, but you're, you're running away on the inside. You, you know what God wants you to do. You know, it's like, you know, we, 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 there are many people who know Jesus as Savior. There are less people who know him as Lord. Because it's one thing to make Jesus Savior. It's another thing to make Jesus Lord. In other words, he is the boss. Is, is God challenging you to start something? It's, it's not that God just challenges us to stop something. God, God challenges, to start, is us, challenges us to start something. He, and we can, we can run away on the inside from what God is asking us to do. So Jonah was, Jonah was a runner. But in Genesis 32, we read about Jacob who was a fighter. Jacob was someone who wrestled with God. I don't know whether you've ever tried to fight with God. You know, <laughs> the thing is, God will let you fight him. But we all know who's gonna win in the end. It's amazing though, we still try. We fight God. Jacob wrestled with God because essentially he was out of relationship with Esau, his brother. He was out of relationship for good reason because Jacob had deceived his father. He deceived um, his, his, his brother. There was, there was a breakdown of relationship. There had been years of separation because Jacob was afraid that Esau was gonna kill him. And he may well have done. But then there came a point where um, God was challenging Jacob to go back to his country. God was challenging him to go back to the next level. And yet there were some unresolved issues that needed to be brought to resolution. And I wanna, I wanna say that, you know, if you wanna go to the next level, if you're believing to go to the next level, then God will seek to resolve. There are some issues that, you know, I could run away from it on that level. I could get away with it on that level. But on this level, God comes and says, if you wanna go there, we're gonna have to deal with that. We're gonna have to face that Issue And this is essentially what was happening here. That, that, and, 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 I mean, it's a preach in itself because, you know, uh, Jacob had essentially proved God in so many ways, but he'd often given God a helping hand. He'd worked it out. And, and yet there was coming a point where, where uh, God was getting Jacob to a place where he had to yield he had to stop trying to sort out his life himself and yield to God. I remember wrestling with God, well, I remember wrestling with God over 
numbers of issues, but in to stay true to the text. You know, I remember, I mean, one particular huge area of challenge was with my own father. Um, you know, I was not brought up in a Christian home, brought up literally from the things of God, not only that, but actually because my mom had multiple cirrhosis, my dad had said, you know, one or two times during my childhood, you know, what kind of God would do this to a family? There's no God. And, and so we'd actually been pushed away from God. It's, you know, God, God can override all that. It, it doesn't matter what environment you've been brought up in, in that sense, that God, God has the power to override every negative influence in our lives. Um, but there, there came a point where in my journeying with God, the Lord, the Lord challenged me <clears throat> about, about, it's like, well, if you wanna go to the next level, there are some things you need to sort out on that level before you can go to this level. And, 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 and there comes a place where you, you have to wrestle with God. And I was, I was fighting it because I felt that, that God wanted me to face some things. I was fighting and running. He was, he was, I was fighting God over some things I was running away from and God wanted me to face. And of course, God's heart is always that he wants me, uh, or he wants us to, to overcome situations. He didn't want me to be under that set of circumstances. He was helping me to be free from it, but it didn't feel like that. And he was, he was sending me uh, to uh, have a conversation with my father and to, and to um, talk to him about the way some of the things he treated, some of the ways he treated me had influenced my life in a negative way. And God wanted me to deal with it. And then uh, I'd, I'd arranged to go and see him. This is exactly what happened. And in between me arranging to go and see him and actually getting to see him, he had a brain hemorrhage. He didn't die, he came close to death, but he was never quite the same again. And he lost, he didn't lose the power of speech, but it was almost like the, he, he found it difficult to articulate. His mind knew exactly what to say, his mouth wouldn't respond in the right way. And, and, it was, and, and here I was now caught between something that I felt God was asking me to do and, and then something that didn't seem quite fair because he didn't have, he had the right of reply, but he didn't have the ability to respond. And, and it, you know, it's like the word of the Lord didn't come a second time. It was like, well, Malcolm, what are you gonna do? And I, and I, and I said, I made the decision. I mean, I had obeyed. I had expressed my willingness to go and I felt that it was not fair to go and tackle those issues and then him not have the ability to respond. And, and so I gave it to the Lord and I can tell you right now, the Lord healed me 100%. He gave me complete peace and complete resolve. However, 
It was on the basis that I'd been willing to obey. I'd been willing to, uh, to face the issue. And he enabled me to make a compassionate decision in that regard. And it was brought to resolve. And it no longer had any power over my life. God is looking for our willingness. God is looking for our obedience. And that was God's gift to me. So we've looked at runners and we've looked at wrestlers. And then we're just going to look at those who are just plain angry and disappointed. Second Kings verse 5, sorry, Second Kings 5 verses 8 to 12 says this, that when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message, why have you torn your robes? Make the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to say, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and, and Farpa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman was angry because he didn't just want God to answer his prayer. He wanted God to answer his prayer in the way he decided God should answer his prayer. He had got a plan in his mind. How many of us, have, we, we pray our prayers to God, but then we've decided how we want God to answer that prayer. We, we, we decided the outcome. I love it. You know, he expected um, Elisha to come out to him. Why? Because Naaman was a big deal. Naaman was a big deal. And, and he was used to people bowing and scraping to him. He wasn't expecting the, the man of God to send a servant with a message. Does he know who he's speaking to? Well, he did. But he said, and this, is the, and this is the bit I love, I thought he would come out. I thought he'd wave his hand and I thought he'd cure me. Now, I want us to take a note here that, that God was gonna cure him. That was the miracle. God was gonna bring in the healing, but God was gonna do it his way. But he was... He went, it's like, Naaman, I'm going to heal you. But he went away in a rage. I mean, a rage because God wasn't going to do it in the way he thought or the way he wanted him to do it. And, you know, I remember um, many, many, many years ago, we went, to, I traveled uh, to um, to, well, we, I went on a, a trip with um, David Sherman actually to, um, to uh, uh, the States 
Uh, and then we were, we were going to go into to Canada. Some of you who've been around a long time, well, around in this service, you might remember a guy called Bob Seymour who, used, who came to preach. And, um, and, uh, and then we were going on to a, a leaders' conference in, in Malaysia. And so when we, we, were, we, were gonna, we went to um, Washington State and then we were going to drive over the border into, into Canada... And we went to a church in, in, in Washington State. And I had a little bit of uh, money on me, you know, when I'd been away from the, the kids and the, the, you know, the good lady for a couple of weeks. You know, you go back with a little something, something just to bless them with from the land you visited. And so I had a little bit of spending money. And I felt, I felt the Lord... Um, Challenge me to put that money in the offering. So I've got to say, perhaps normally, perhaps normally I would have got a bit stressed. But you know what? Next stop was Bob Seymour's church. And at Bob Seymour's church, I know they believe in giving at that church because this guy teaches about giving. So it was a very easy environment to me to believe that, you know what, as I sow this into this offering, in the name of Jesus, that you know what, I can believe that as we go across the border into Canada, that, you know, hallelujah, God is gonna, God is gonna come through in the name of Jesus. So I, um, I uh, we went, we went, I put it all in. I put it all in. Hallelujah. I was feeling so holy. I was feeling so holy and, and, and quietly expectant and excited. And uh, we went to, uh, we went to um, Bob Seymour's church and uh, it was the first night and the second night. The third night, the last night. We're leaving in the morning. It's the, it's the last night and we had a bit of a prayer line and uh, I was asked to come up and to, to pray, because I was just a young man carrying the bags, you know what I mean? I, but I was now, hallelujah, I got up the chance to. And, um, and I saw, as I was getting up to, to pray, uh, someone standing off to the, um, to the right, a little bit like this. Because I'd been expecting, you know? I'd been expecting. And I saw him off to the, the right, with something in his hand like this. So now like I'm, I'm trying to still be holy. So I'm like praying for people. Like trying to ignore him because I don't want to seem too keen. You know what I mean? Because that wouldn't be right. So I'm like praying along. And then it's like, and he, he, I look up and he, he catches my eye. And he, and he said, I'm sorry, I've got, to, I've got to go. But I just felt the Lord told me to give you this. And, and like, this is the moment, man. This is the moment. You know, like God... You are awesome. You are faithful. God, I sowed my seed. And he said, I just believe the Lord wants to give you this. And he dropped into my hand a polo. (laughs) You can imagine that was not what I was expecting. I mean, firstly, why has the Lord told you to give me that? What, what is going on? So, you know, but let me tell you, the, 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 the thing was, we then went to, we, we, we went to um, Malaysia. It was a very poor 
place, very like I mean, if any of you've ever been to those places, these guys, these guys had nothing. Uh, this uh, this place, I, I literally never, I, I didn't do a thing, uh, and and at the end of that conference, they brought me a gift that was way more than anything I'd given. And you know, it was like God was saying, don't you tell me, don't you tell me where, and don't you tell me how, I am gonna bless you. That I, because I'd given it all away. That you, I was not expecting anything in that place, foolish me, because it was a poor place, nobody had anything, and I wasn't even do any, doing anything, but the Lord had laid it upon somebody's heart to bless me anyway. And I want to say, that we, don't, how dare we? How dare we tell God how he should bless us or how he, how he should do what, what, um, what, what he's promised he was going to do? The, 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 the thing that messed up for, things for Naaman was he thought it was to do with his expectation. I thought, I expected. You know what? If you want to live a stressed life, if you want to uh, live um, a, a life that is filled with pain, then you live a life where you expect God, life, people to think, behave, speak, and act the way you've decided they should. Because that's just a recipe for trouble. Oh, I, expected, I expected them to treat me better. I thought they would have called. You know what? We had them over for dinner. You'd, you'd expect. I bought them a gift. You'd expect. It's the stress and the pain is I thought, I thought that he was just gonna come out, wave his hand and cure me. Now I've gotta do something. I've gotta go and find a river. They're not even rivers I like. They're dirty rivers. I can think of better rivers. I've got a couple here. Let me tell you, there these better rivers that I could go in. Why, why? If, it, if it had to be a river, why does it have to be that one? I don't wanna be in that one. I don't like it like that. I don't want it. Ah, that, that, that. It's this angst. Naaman felt that he was owed something. I don't know maybe you feel that life, people owe you something. <laughs> Naaman had a skin condition, but worse, he, he had a heart condition, not his physical heart. He had a condition that Jesus needed to deal with. So I wanna just bring this into land with two thoughts. For those who are running, for those who are fighting, and for those who are just plain angry and disappointed, there is a formula for a blessed life. The first one, and I'm not saying the medicine is gonna taste good, I'm just gonna say it's gonna do you good. First one is submit to God. Do it his way. First Peter 5 says, humble yourselves therefore under 
God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Notice this, humble yourself. Turn to the person next to you and say, humble yourself. You have to take responsibility for you. You've got to take responsibility for your attitude. You've got to take responsibility for your heart. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Humility is trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not on your own understanding. The Bible says, clothe yourselves with humility because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humbling myself is a declaration that God knows best. I might not get it. I might not like it. But God knows best. Jesus, take the wheel. This is, it's at these points where I decide this Jesus is Lord. He sees what I, what I don't see. He knows what I don't know. And he can do what I can't do. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand. Because God is great and God is powerful. Romans 12 verse 3 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Jesus in John 14 instructed people to, to, to opt for the lowest place. Don't opt for the highest place. Opt for the lowest place. Show some humility. Humble yourself. Trust God. And in truth, it's only from a position of submission that I have authority. James tells us, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I only have power over the devil when I'm operating from a position of submission. Because I have to submit to God first, then I have the power to resist the devil. If I am not in submission to God, then I do not have the power to resist the devil. Because it's only by me positioning myself under God's mighty hand that I have a power to stand against the devil. It is foolish, isn't it? That if I am in rebellion to what God wants, that I still think I have power over the devil. It's foolish. You can pray till kingdom come. I come under God's mighty hand knowing that God knows best. He sees the complete picture. I remember years ago, I can't remember, there was some little poem or something that talks about we only see the underside of the embroidery. If you've ever looked at the, the, the wrong side of the embroidery with all the, the threads crisscrossing and the dark threads and the light threads, and it looks a mess, but it's only when you turn it over that it all makes sense. Well, God sees the upper side of the embroidery. He, he sees what we don't see because he knows what he's creating. So the first thing is that I submit to God. Where I'm running, where I'm fighting, where I'm getting angry and disappointed, I 
submit to God. I let go. I don't know, you know, there were some times when my kids were little and every one of them, it's a normal thing, you know, they have tantrums and they get themselves just worked up into a froth where there's sweat and snot and tears and it's all a horrible mess. And there are some times where I've just had to hold them and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting and then there comes that moment where they just let go and submit to the warmth of the love that is being expressed. There came a moment after fighting all night that Jacob let go and yielded to God and said, well, he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And of course, God blessed him. But we have to yield. Where am I fighting? Where am I running from God? Where am I fighting and struggling? Where am I angry and upset? Because God does not want us to walk in that way, but he won't necessarily change the circumstances. What he just might do is change me. What he just might do is change my heart, change my attitude. And secondly, to trade all my expectations of what God and life and others owe me for an attitude of gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. In what circumstances? All circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks, be grateful in all circumstances. Paul wrote to the Philippian church and said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, look for the good. Look for what's great. Look for what's best. Don't be looking for what is wrong. Stop looking at what's missing and start thanking God for what what you have. You may not have everything that you want, but we understand that God, you know, listen, there's nothing wrong in believing for things. There's nothing wrong in trusting God for things. But right now, today, I've got health. I've got strength. I, you know, I, I, I thank God. I thank God for what I've got. You know, I've, I've, um, I've battled for uh, almost six weeks now um, a bad back. And thank God that I'm, I'm coming out the other side. I've been doing some exercises and stretching. I've been doing some stuff every day. I've, I've been trusting God and I've been, you know, uh, acting in faith as well. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's not all the way. This is a good moment. As I'm talking about my bad back for some soft, gentle music to come in. Everyone will be weeping and it'll be awesome. Um, but it's the, 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 the fact is it's not all the way there yet. But where am I focusing? What bit am I focusing on? Am I focusing on the fact that it's 65% right? Or am I focusing myself on the percentage that it's wrong? Because it's still not right. What am I focusing on? Because the thing is, I should live life from a place of being grateful. My God, I remember 
what I was like. I remember I couldn't get out of the car. I remember what I was like getting up from the chair. I thank God I'm not like that anymore. Now, I've still got a bit of pain, but you know what? Compared to where I was, I'm thanking God. I'm grateful for the journey so far. And there's some stuff that we look back and we say, be grateful in all circumstances, be thankful. How could I be thankful for that? How can I be thankful for that? Are you telling me to find good in that? What they said, what they did, how they treated me. How can I find good in that? Well, the Bible doesn't say that all things are good. It just says that all things work together for good. For those who love the Lord and according to accord, accord according to His purposes. That's what the Bible said. Now, I'm not saying that those circumstances are good, but you know what? From those circumstances, I have learned so much. I have grown. I am stronger now because of what what I went through. I am a different person because I went through those circumstances and I didn't think I'd be able to survive them. But look what the Lord has done. Be grateful for what God has done. Know that God is, is good. Know that He's on your side and He's working for you. But God's way of seeing you through is not to do it your way, not to extract you. It's not about getting on a boat, going in the opposite direction, trying to run away from God. It's not about fighting God. It's not about getting angry and upset because God isn't doing it the way you wanted Him to do it. Just know that He's doing it. Just know that He's doing it. He's committed to your miracle. He's committed to your breakthrough. He's committed to getting you out the other side. It's just that if God has decided that it's better to take you through something than to to remove you from it, then you better know that He's not just only dealing with the physical thing. He's not just dealing with the skin condition. He's dealing with the heart issues that maybe gave you the skin condition in the first place. So for those of us who are running from God, submit to Him. If you know He wants you to do something and you're running from Him, make a decision. I'm going I'm to submit, Lord. I'm going to do what you want me to do as you help me. Where I'm fighting, God, submit to Him. And where I'm angry, upset and disappointed because God isn't doing it the way I thought He was going to do it. I submit and I choose to adopt an attitude of gratitude. I come from a position of fullness. Look what God has done in my life. It's not that everything's perfect. It's not that everything's sorted. It's not that I'm totally happy in every area. But you know what? God I'm doing it your way because you are the Lord of my life and you know what's best for me. Can we pray? Holy Spirit, there are many of us in this room who know that when we yield to God, We can't go wrong. Lord, I pray 
Lord, for every single person where the Spirit of God has put His finger and challenged that You would give the grace and the faith to press through and to do that thing that You're asking. Where we're being challenged to change some behavior or stop something or where we're being challenged to put something in order or put something straight or deal with some relationship issues. Whatever the Spirit is asking you to do, I pray that God will give you the faith and the grace to obey. But you've got to humble yourself. You have to align yourself, submit to God. Bring yourself under God's mighty hand. Know that as you do that, you'll have power to overcome the evil one and that God will lift you up in due time. As we come to a close, I wanna ask why we're maintaining an attitude of prayer that if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ, as Lord and a Savior. Or maybe you have known Jesus, but right now the truth is you're a long way away from Him. Maybe there is some of you who know that you've been running, fighting, getting angry and upset about God and about life and about people. And, but just know that the grace of God is more powerful than your pain, more powerful than your struggle. And if you will yield to Him, He will give you the ability to overcome in every one of those circumstances. And maybe there is nothing more you can do than that young man at T.O. and say, well, I don't know, Lord, but I'm gonna give it a go. And I know that when you trust Him, you'll never be disappointed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, but you'd like to know Him, or you wanna come back to Him, I'm gonna invite you right now just to slip your hand in your air. I'm gonna acknowledge it. Someone will put a card in your hand. You can put your hand down. And then we'll pray as a congregation. Is anybody here today saying, yes, that's me? I'm making a decision to give my life to Jesus Christ. Or I'm coming back home. I'm realigning my life with the Savior who loves me. Father, I want to say thank you that you are a good God. We thank you, Father, that there is not anything that's too hard for the Lord. Father, I want to believe and pray again that not one service in this house will go by without somebody saying yes to Jesus, without somebody coming home to Jesus. Father, we so desperately know that there's a world out there that longs 
to know the salvation of the love and the hope that we experience. My God, do it again, Lord. Do it again. As you've done for us, do it again. And Father, I pray for those of us who might find ourselves running or fighting or angry and disappointed. That Father, as we do what you ask us to do, even though it's not easy, even though it's a challenge, we submit to God and we adopt an attitude of gratitude. I know that you'll bring us through. We'll be stronger, we'll be better, we'll be at peace and we'll have the resolve that we long for. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.